0: You know, if our national dialogue, instead of being bogged down in all of the ridiculous stuff it is concurrently bogged down in, if we were having a dialogue that was saying something like, hey, everybody, yes, we have this huge crisis. And here's the things we could do about it. What if we all got together and started doing them as fast as we can and stopped doing the things that are destroying us and started to shift to doing those things? Wouldn't that be exciting?
1: What starts, what here, starts changes here changes the world. Changes the world. Well, well, I've, got, well, to I've admit, got to admit, I kind of like it. Like what it, starts, starts here, changes here changes the world. We are the
0: music of
1: and we are the dreams of the average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, We did not know each other each other. And we could not speak to each other because if people had spoken to each other, we might have lived figured the what was happening to them to every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, well, it didn't have it to be You're wrong. Are you better I'm off wrong. than you were four years ago? My
0: fellow Americans, It's time to speak
1: out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory factory closes, closes, I know the people who ran. it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We will will respond respond with that that timeless timeless creed that of up the spirit of the people. people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, Yes, we can. can. When we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. Their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone, and can, anyone can, do do it. can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public, to public access, America. access America. Make a stand.
0: I know I did. Thank you very much, and may God bless America. Kind of like you know mickey and judy we could you know put a show on in our own backyard (laughs) yeah well we could save the world in our own back gardens you know and start with compost Uh, and even things like living machines this is actually a sewage treatment plant in scotland that handles the sewage for a community of about 350 people all using biological methods Uh, And it runs through these different tanks full of algae and full of different kinds of water plants and fish and stuff and comes out at the end as pure drinking water quality water and the meantime produces plants that they actually take you know flowers and stuff they take to the market and sell. So that's about stacking functions, making sure that just like with that rose that everything in your system Serves multiple functions. Uh, and there on the left, that is my backyard in San Francisco. It's a labyrinth um, that also works as a patio. <laughs> on the right, there's a rain catchment system that also works as a sculpture. And I think, again, for me, that one of the places where the sacred comes together with this is to understand that beauty. Uh, is something that doesn't have to be relegated to museums or to something that it could be, you know, it could be embedded in all of the things that we create. And in fact, it could actually, I think it's a good ecological test. You know, if you are creating something that is helpful to the world, it usually is beautiful. It has its own integrity, its own integrity of form and function. If you're creating something that's really ugly, it's probably not doing good for the world. So permaculture likes to create things like food forests, which again are um, a food growing system that mimics a forest, um, where every element in it, you know, from the trees to the shrubs to the vines to the undergrowth, has some sort of useful or helpful function. And this is uh, corn growing in the middle of a food forest at the Agroforestry Research Trust in Devon. Um, it's my, one of my favorite plants, the elderberry, which is also a sacred tree in European tradition. Um, in Germany, it's called the Holunder. It's sacred to Frau Holle, who was the goddess of winter, of snow, uh, many things. Tapping, you can, I know out here you can tap maples for syrup. You can also tap pines for turpentine. Um, <coughs> sorry. Water landscape in a place called Tamera Eco Village in Portugal. Um, Dryland systems. That's Bill Mollison, but it's kind of hard to see. He's in the middle there, but I guess it's, it's a little dark from your point of view. Um, But this is uh, Nadia Lawton and Jeff Lawton's farm, which is right next to the Dead Sea in Jordan, uh, where they've taken this land that's absolutely barren, white soil, and are turning it into a productive ecosystem. And there's a wonderful video you can Google called Greening the Desert, uh, where Jeff Lawton talks about one of his projects that's really one of the most inspirational things I've seen. Um, So to do all the positive things that we need to do, we can employ those principles. Um, We can employ the principle of relative location um, by bringing things back, by localizing, by creating systems that meet our needs uh, for food and for other things that don't have to be transported thousands of miles by re-rooting our enterprises and communities, (coughs) and by shifting their goals and their purposes, uh, so that they are, you know, where the purpose is no longer to accumulate, again, these abstract numbers on someone's balance sheets, but where the purpose of something should be uh, to create something that meets real needs and provides lives of dignity, and fulfillment for the people who do the work um, while regenerating the environment around us. Imagine if that was our criteria, criteria for success instead of you know, short-term, quarter-term profits on a balance sheet, how things would shift and change and turn around in this country and the world. Um, To get there, there are some big systems that need to be contested. And one of them has been this whole system of globalization that allows corporations to roam the world in search of the biggest profits, the most lax environmental standards, uh, the um, most lax safety standards. So I've been involved for many years in... Work, you know, trying to work against some of these big systems like the WTO, the World Trade Organization, the FDA, and how do we apply permaculture principles to that unfortunate but necessary work of standing up and saying no uh, to many of these systems? Uh, Well, these are a few pictures from the WTO protests in 2003 in Cancun, where we decided, as part of our no we wanted to embody a yes. Um, What are we saying yes to if we're saying no to this big system of globalization? Uh, So we came and did a whole permaculture installation there that began with information. Um, We set up a washing station that had rain catchment and gray water um, for the encampment of Campesinos that had come to protest. And so we had this wonderful little thing that was kind of like one of those old Rube Goldberg designs where caught water off the tent, you know, the water came down, was collected in a barrel. We had a little hand pump with a little wheel on it that moved the water up. The water came down into those little orange things, which are sinks, and then went through the gray water system. And had we been there longer than a few weeks. That gray water system could have gone out into a garden and grown food. And I remember setting it up the first day, and a woman came, one of the campesina women from one of the villages came, and uh, came over, and was looking at that, was looking at the pump, and she turned to me, and she said in Spanish, you know, my village, we don't have any running water. And the pump costs thousands of dollars. We don't have the money for it. But this, this would work. <laughs> and so, again, it served many functions. It, created a model of a system that says, hey, you know what? To meet people's needs, you don't necessarily need a hundred million dollars from the World Bank. You know, you don't need a big huge hydroelectric dam. You know, you could build a little system like this out of garbage and it can create something that can meet those needs in a way that's elegant, that's efficient, and that creates some real abundance. And it showed people possibilities uh, because there were a thousand campesinos that came down and a thousand students uh, to protest, so people got exposed to these ideas. It created something photogenic for the media to focus on, um, especially in the run up to the protests. And um, that was good because they had started by calling us globalophobicos, those who are afraid of globalization. And by the time we were gone, Uh, the media was talking about this as global propositos, those who are proposing a different kind of globalization. Um. (coughs) And of course, there were many demonstrations and protests. Uh, There was a Korean farmer who actually committed suicide at the barricades as his protest against Uh, the farmer suicides that were going on around the world because of globalization. It's like an epidemic of farmer suicides. It was a very powerful act uh, that deeply affected the negotiations that were there. We had some wonderful uh, moments, too, where a bunch of us all dressed up as tourists, got into the zone where the WTO was meeting and managed to Blocked the streets as they were all out for dinner. Uh, we had a big, a bunch of trees that our friends were able to somehow carry in that we could put out in the middle of the street and did a whole sacred circle with seeds and did a spiral dance out there. And uh, the police just kind of didn't know what to do. And, <laughs> and uh, at the end, I, mean, I remember one of the delegates came out and told my friend Rodrigo, He's looking at us. He said, you know, I've been in there for three days. What's going on there? It's bullshit. I don't care. I'm joining the dance. (laughs) So uh, we were also able to employ another permaculture slogan or principle, which is uh, the problem, the problem being the barricades. Uh, On the last day of the demonstrations, uh, people got together, cut them. The women went first and cut them apart. And then the Koreans had woven these beautiful ropes out of many strands of smaller rope. We tied them together, and people pulled the barricades down. Um, I always think those ropes represent, to me, some of the power of community, because each little strand itself is very weak. But twined together and twisted together, they became these very powerful, strong cords of connection. So the problem being those barricades Um, is also the solution. Uh, Some of the group took the barricades after we pulled them down, took them over behind us and set them up as new barricades to keep the police from coming and overwhelming us. And people were able to have a big, huge rally. Um, And uh, in the end, the WTO negotiations fell apart at that meeting. Uh, that was a meeting where they were attempting to come up with agricultural agreements that would have had a huge impact on the world, and the global south, partly encouraged by some of our actions, people walked out of the meeting, and the negotiations fell apart. And now, after those many years of protest, the WTO basically is somewhat dead in the water. doesn't mean globalization has ended, um, but it does mean that it was a big setback for where it might have been had we not done all of that protesting. And for me, again, bringing in the principle of permaculture and the principle of the sacred, um, those protests, I felt, were even more effective because we weren't just saying what we were against. We were also coming with a vision of what it was that we were for. (laughs)
1: Over a lifetime, all of us change to an extraordinary degree. From a physical perspective, we start off as a little bundle about 50 centimeters high with cherubic features and elastic soft skin. I time time the reason you're not doing trying to understand at Why go this far? Why try to learn this much? In the intervening period, every single cell in our body will have been replaced. Many times over. You you laugh, you you think, think, and you cry. cry. That's a full day. That's a heck
0: of a day. You do
1: that seven days a week. You will have gone through all kinds of experiences that perhaps leave almost no trace in memory. Remember, if you think you are older, you are.
0: And remember, there's no such thing as bad luck, only lost opportunities.
1: Never, never, absolutely Absolutely, never. never. Show yourself name throughout our lives and consider ourselves as a relatively stable unitary entity. But is it really right to think of ourselves as the same person? Why try to see it all? Why try to have it all? Why do it? Why learn it? Stay reading. Stay English. A standard assumption is that it's our body that guarantees our personal identity. If you think you are inadequate, you are.